0: Yeah
1: It's and, all down, who I am. and you now tuned in to mm. episode 108 of the Blackmail Podcast. And you know, with the Blackmail Podcast, as we progress, we bring on guests from time to time, but each guest is a meaningful guest as someone that's gonna bring substance to the pod and expound the conversation and the dialogue within what we do. All right, guys, and today makes no nothing different. We have Doctor um, Shanessa Finner. There, I would mess it up already. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But, but Doctor Shanessa Finner, thank you for joining the Black Mill Pie. How are you doing today?
2: I am doing great, Sean and Trey. It's been a pleasure for you all to have me on the show. I'm ready to talk, get down to the nitty gritty, and have that true, genuine, authentic conversation. That's what's up. So, well, first let
1: me ask because it's obvious. Trey don't know you. I don't know you. How did you hear about us?
2: (laughs) Well, I have my own podcast, Sean and Trey. And a lot of times I like to research other podcasts and listen and all, and just kind of, you know, do some Mm. research. And I said, Ooh, the black male podcast. That is so interesting. I love that, you know, because of course my dissertation was about the black male podcast. So I found it to be very, very interesting. So that is how I came across your podcast by doing some
1: research. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, I know for us, cool. we we're a little bit different because um if you notice in the podcast spectrum, especially when it comes to um, I hate to say it, black men, but I think it's a, it's a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. You, you see them spend more time, I hate to say it, bashing black women. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we do. You know what okay. I mean? I'm I'm a married man, I've been with my wife for 14 years, um, been married for 10 years. Um, Trey has been married. I, I'm on my second marriage. Trey has been married. He's raised his kid. You know, we've all been in different um um spectrums of relationship when it comes to our black women. You know, that's one thing we are. We love our black women. You know, so we don't we don't do the bashing thing, but we do have those tough conversations like my guy Trey like to say we make the what, Trey?
0: The uncomfortable conversation is comfortable mm-hmm. yes that's what we do you so know, sometimes yeah. well, we definitely. go in that
1: spectrum where you know from what we've experienced in relationship that's what we base it on we base it on relationship and not the dynamics of just the fact that we are black men dealing with black women we base it on the relationships and the dichotomies of what we've dealt with throughout our journey within life and then we also hold ourselves accountable as well and other men alike because um We are friends like that's my brother, brother, like we're family. So our circle is a half moon and we have a tight knit set of people that all we all hold each other accountable. And when we listen to people say all black men are going to different routes and not with black women, every man we know is with a black woman. That's all I know. That's all I've seen my whole life for the most part. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we it'd it be weird when we see other podcasts because we talk about those other podcasts uh, yeah. from time to time on the off and, and be like, man, they're they not making any sense. And sometimes we use their topics and we expound on it or break break that stuff down. You know, so
0: that's that's us. Right or wrong, Trey? Well, to keep it short, a lot of podcasts are like ambulance chasers, you know, they they chase you know, whatever's popular out there, you know what I'm saying? And they expound on things that are shock value and we don't do that. So we're taking a long road podcast-wise as far as trying to deliver quality content and sensible dialogue. And we don't bash the women and just glorify men. You know, we hold ourselves accountable. We've had episodes where we both spoke about our own mistakes Mm -hmm. and things we've learned from because we're both fathers, you know, he's married now. I had a failed marriage and- hopefully be married again you know as, as time goes on because I've grown as a person I know things I've made mistakes in, things I could have done differently we speak on our own parents the things yeah. that we learn from where they made mistakes at and also things we build from that they've done well right. so that's where we're at man and for, for us to have as a guest you know we take what you do seriously we take you as an individual seriously and we want to grow together as people right because for every conversation you have from a person You should take something positive from that to be able to move on from. If you can't take something positive from your dialogue, why did that dialogue even occur? That's a fact. So let's just give everything. I like Mm -hmm.
2: to say to both of you all, thank Mm -hmm. you for loving black women because there are times that we feel like, you know, our black men may not love us. And, you know, it is very disheartening because, of right. course, you know, you all have black mothers, you know, your mm-hmm. mother was your first love, which is a black mother. And I look like your black mother. So it feels good for you all to say that. And just know, brothers, we as black women, we need to hear that sometimes. Okay. Right.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this after you say that, being that you said that, I think the biggest thing is the ones that are doing things the right way, if you want to say, use those words to be sure, are silent. And the problem with being silent, it makes it seem like you agree with the nonsense that's present. You know, that's what gives platforms power that try to come and and do things the correct way and try to communicate things to where we can grow. A lot of times we're silent too often. And we all have a voice, and even, even with women that really do support black men. Cause I'm seeming to be the ones that always have a voice and that voice always seems to have, like, we like to read comments. We're comic comment creeps. Like we'll look at the comments and the comments sometimes be so disappointed. Like you'll see hundreds and hundreds of comments is going in, but we, we seem to be the minority as far as vocally, but you know, a lot of people feel the same way we feel a lot of people feel the same way. We feel you want to hear that positivity. You want to uplift each other. You want to see each other grow and succeed. Like I tell, I tell the show all the time, when, when, I, when I'm public, this is off-top, but kind of on. I kind of get a kick out of watching a black people just be happy. Like see couples walking, see mothers with their children, see mothers and fathers with their children. I'll sit there and watch that. And it's, it's, it's a it's a powerful experience just seeing that because that's not what's popular with these social media platforms that people see every day. But we all out here. We just need to get together and keep building each other and keep uplifting each other.
2: Amen. A, Amen. Let's grow that's a fact.
1: So everybody, man, just want to let you give you a background of our um guests. Um so with um with Dr. Shanessa um Shanessa. Shanessa. Dr. Shanessa Finner is an elementary school teacher, a principal is an mm-hmm. elementary school principal. Um you've also been a, a middle school principal. Um, she is a writer. She's worked uh, Oh, you worked in radio as well. Oh my god! Former,
2: yep, former former um, radio personality on Kiss one hundred and seven point seven FM. Okay, I do mm-hmm. some spots
1: okay. on them from time to time. That's what's up. Um, I mean, you have a ton of ton of accolades, as I can see it from your bio, which is which is super super dope. But what made you want to be a a school principal, especially elementary school? Because I have an elementary um schools um. Kid like my kid, my youngest is in elementary school, my older my oldest son is in middle school, and then I have a daughter that's in college she's um she's in her graduate program. So I have in many different spectrums when it comes to um, kids in, in school, what made you want to be a principal like what what brought you that.
2: Well, Sean and Trey, first and foremost, I was an elementary teacher. I taught first and second grade, and educators run in my family. So education has always been in my blood, always been the conversation and all with the family. Mm -hmm. And when I became a teacher, I taught for six years, and one day my assistant principal at the time walked up to me and she said, Shanessa, there is a North Carolina principal fellows program and I think you'd make a great candidate. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So she gave me the information. I did my research. I applied for the program. Of course, you also apply for the university, which was Feville State University at the time. And of course I was accepted into the North Carolina Principal Fellows Program as well as Federal State University. And I began the program. Of course, that last year you do a one year internship. I also did the one year internship. I graduated and became an assistant principal I was an assistant principal for four years at a middle school mm-hmm. and then I became a principal and I've been an elementary principal as well as a middle school principal. And it's just been an awesome and very informative and enlightening journey for me.
1: I can imagine. And my daughter goes to Fairville State. So mm-hmm. definitely understand that. Bronco,
2: Bronco's yeah, in the yeah.
1: house. Yeah, she is definitely a Bronco. So, um, look, a lot been going on in the world when it comes to schools. Um, we're in North Carolina so it might not have gotten to us as much as it is in Florida and Texas and different places like that Um, not to go on the political standpoint but how is that affecting you guys when it comes to you being as a principal how is that affecting you guys well it's putting me
2: on alert Sean and Trey Um, of course we don't have that intensity that they have and everything but it makes me wonder and think oh my god are we going to be next you know I know that there have been talks about book bans. There are parents in Cumberland County, you know, that have problems with certain books and all. Now, here's my thing, you know, history is something that you know, we can't make up. I know sometimes people want to water it down because they're the bad guys, you know? So let's Definitely. talk a little bit about slavery, Sean and Trey. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, they don't want those those books in the school because they don't want anybody to know, you know, how particular or how a certain ethnic group was and how we were treated as black. So of course right. they don't want that, you know, shown and all, but it is what it is. You know, I don't understand why everything should be swept under the carpet. History to me has a way of repeating itself. We need to know it. We need to educate our young black males and females about it so that it won't be repeated. That's something that they need to know.
1: And also, so at we, the same time, I'm Excuse me. to interrupt. Also, mm-hmm. at the same time, a lot of those people that's in those history books are still alive. We mm-hmm. see them every single day. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are these kids that's in these schools, great grandmother and father or grandmother and father. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a, like another aspect of it when they want to sweep it under the ro- rug because if you open up a book, you see Papa. I mean, what what happened just now with um with uh, um Cowboys? Their owner, he was mm-hmm. in a photo that's in tons of books that everyone has seen a thousand times. He's mm-hmm. sitting right there, mm-hmm. wide open for everyone to see.
2: Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if you all did a little research on me, but I interviewed on my TV show Congressman John Lewis. Okay. Mm-hmm. And awesome. he and I had an awesome, awesome discussion about the black male. I asked him, I said, why do white people, why do they hate us so much? You know, so we had a very informative conversation. And whoever's listening, just go on and go on Google and type in Dr. Shanessa Fenner, Congressman John Lewis, and you'll see our 30 minute conversation where we had real talk. But back to the question at hand, Sean and Trey, um, when it comes to those kinds of things that's going on, I hope and pray it does not move to North Carolina. But hey, we, we can deal with it. I'm the kind of person I can monitor and adjust. But of course, I have my opinions on these various topics and things of that nature.
0: My, my, my question on that topic, um, like last week I brought it up and I thought I might have forgot it. But when something of, uh, let's say a ban on books and libraries comes to play and you being a principal, what say-so do you have in that? Or do you even have a say-so in that? Do they just drop it down on you? You just have to follow it or... How how does that budget go? Well, see,
2: I haven't had that problem yet or that issue, Trey. But to me, I'm thinking that the Cumberland County Board of Education, who's in charge, they would make those decisions.
0: So So it's per county? county?
2: Well, I'm thinking that in my county, that's what would happen. We haven't had that situation yet. But just know that the superintendent and our Cumberland County Schools Board of Education, they would make the final decisions. I don't feel like they would give me that autonomy to do it at the school
0: level okay so if they make that decision then you you basically have to work with what i would
2: have to follow or like i say i would have to okay. monitor and adjust okay. yes
0: yeah yeah
1: okay. kind of figure that with, with, with so many things um changed, especially with books and um so much information within these books that may not they may not feel deemed to be um something for kids yeah they're gonna they're definitely gonna take it straight to the school board so let me ask a question um when maximizing, when we got like a question here, when the maximizing monitoring moments or mind your business with um today's use, do you maximize the moments when you see them, like hey, let me grab you, let's kind of fix this, let's see what the direction are you going, or should we just mind our business and let them kind of go with the process? Because in schools, man, we've been seeing a lot of kids fighting teachers, and I mean, something just happened in North Carolina. Yeah. What a what a uh, what's a substitute for the whole student.
2: Yeah, yeah. I maximize the moment, okay? Because once again, I'm that real, authentic, true, Shanessa, that black woman. And anytime anything happens at my school, I maximize the moment. Uh, My assistant principal and I, she's also a black female. We pull the kids in, we have conversations with them. The social worker, I have two counselors. I maximize the moment. Whatever needs to be said, Sean and Trey, it's gonna be said out of Shanessa's mouth, okay? I'm not one of these fluffy people it needs to be said, it needs to be addressed. I'm old school. And especially when it comes to their behaviors, their actions, knowing right from wrong, me letting them know that you keep, you know, making the same mistakes over and over again. And that's called a choice. That's not called a mistake. When you do good. the same thing over and yeah. over again, that's an option. Okay. I agree. So I have to talk with them. And I pour my black males in my office and say, look, well, you've already got two strikes against you. You're black and you're male, okay? Society's waiting on you to mess up, okay? You're just handing it to them right now, okay? There are three adjectives I use for my babies all the time. You're smart you're talented and you're able-bodied, okay? You're not gonna fit that stereotype, okay? If I have something to do with it, you're not gonna fit that stereotype. If I need to call the SRO in who's a black male, we sit down and have a conversation with them, okay? We gonna make this thing right, okay? I don't want you to have to deal with law enforcement out there in the real world because you could, you look at TV and you see how things might not turn out well for you, okay? So, oh yeah, so I just, those are the kinds of conversations I have with my babies. I'm gonna keep it real. And another thing too, a lot of my babies, they don't have black males. And of course, they're used to me because I'm a black woman. They've got a black mother. So that's when I like to pull in, you know, my head custodian, Mr. Lewis, pull in the SRO. I pull him in. You know, we have those conversations. I also have another black teacher at my school, Mr. Jones. We pull them in. We have conversations with them. Because, see, when our babies have conversations with black men, the conversation is different, okay? Just like when our babies, you know, if, if some of them have black fathers, the conversation is gonna be a little different,
1: okay? That's a fact.
2: So yeah, so yes, I'm always addressing things and saying things that need to be said. I don't ever think, oh Shanessa, did you say something wrong? No, Shanessa, you spoke from the heart and it needed to be said. Okay. If it well, needs I, to be said, I'm gonna say it.
1: I agree. I think I, I I can attest to that with my um oldest son in middle school. He had this one teacher that was on him the very first day. It was a a white lady and he did not understand it. And I'm telling him like that. I hate to tell her, I had to tell him, like, bro, you're going to go through this in life. You have to find a way to maneuver through it. Now I got to a point where, okay, it's no longer maneuvering through it. Now I have to go and step in here and have a conversation because what me and my wife does, we've noticed this at a young age when we would go. When we would go to the school and because I'm very vocal at the school, if we we go to the school, we we um participate, we make sure. My they at first, at one point, they will only talk to my wife. They wouldn't address me, you know, and they wouldn't address me at all until my son said, Dad, like he kept addressing Dad, what do you have to say? Or dad, like my wife will always push it back towards me because I'm the disciplinary in the home when it comes to our, our um, boys. And I noticed that with the school. So I started doing this. Don't come. If I go up to school, I'm, I'm going to go talk to these people. Let me talk to them, especially dealing with I hate to say dealing with white people. But that's what I had to do for them to understand. Like, hey, so my youngest son, his middle school, he's new. He's in first grade. He's going to second grade. his He got a couple couple issues in class. His um principal, sister principal calls and talk to me, white guy. He rather talk and deal with me. Him and I have a good rapport. Now we got got my son, my youngest, back on track. My oldest, we had a situation with his teacher. Well, they got a new this is crazy. They got a new assistant principal, black woman, and she addressed it and figured it out and realized it wasn't. My son addressed it. And they actually put the teacher on administrative leave because she was pointing him out and she was doing stuff to to him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it took it. It took them to have another principal Another assistant principal that came in after they cleaned house, and it's a good school, but the clean house is in Clayton. They clean house, and you got to realize Clayton was what it was at one point. Kind of, mm-hmm. sort of, still is. It's Johnson County. It's racist as hell out here sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it depends on where you at. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I definitely can see how the school, um, you being a principal, and how that works um and then just maximizing that moment and grabbing the kids but at the same time some of these kids are rude as hell i can't be i can't work in the school system like i know i can't it's sad they probably need more of us more men do. in there we do. we do and we both both of us have degrees both of us have our our masters but at the same time i can't i can't do it because i see these kids how rude they are and i'm like bro i will beat your parent up for how rude you are to me <laughs> Like, I'm not going to touch you, but I'm going to beat your daddy up or well, whoever's close to you that's a male. Like, I just can't. I don't understand it. Not, why yeah, why a, lot, about
0: you a lot of family situations will disappoint you, but I, I get what you're saying. I, I would feel the same thing. But, um, question I have for your teachers is, is, is it mandatory additional training as these teachers have to have when they become teachers? In your school or around the county, I always wondered about that. Is there any kind of sensitive training they go through? Any kind of mental health awareness that they have to go through training, conflict resolutions, and things of that nature? Because a lot of these teachers aren't prepared for the things, they face. and some of the things that they will face, I don't even know if there's a way to. Mm-hmm. I think some people just have it in many situations. And as he's saying, it's definitely rough. And these teachers just come out of school with degrees, and I'm just assuming there's no other kind of sensitive training that is in there. So is there something of that nature mandated Some seminars? I know there's seminars out there, but are they mandated to at least, you know, support functions?
2: Yes, and that is a great question, Trey. Yes, our teachers go through all kinds of training, SCL training, social, emotional training, um, training to let them be more aware of the African-American child who lives in poverty, how to deal with them. And me as a black woman, I also have those crucial conversations, Trey and Sean, about it. Sometimes teachers don't realize that they have certain ways and certain microaggressions towards students, okay? You have to kind of you know kind of sit back in the cut and kind of watch and observe and say hmm okay i see this is happening this is repetition let me pull this teacher in and have a conversation with her okay i see she sends a lot of little black males to the office i was like okay so i'm gonna talk with her see what's going on what is she doing does she have a relationship with the parents you know so you got to kind of ask those questions that's going to make people feel uncomfortable and as i indicated earlier i don't have a problem asking okay because I am in charge of the school and I have to do what I have to do, you know. But yes, they do get the training. They do have principals like me who's gonna ask those questions to see what's going on. You know, we do have workshops and we do have those conversations about mental health and doing those little mental health checks, not only with the babies prior to school, but with my teachers as well. Now, speaking of mental health, I have been very concerned about the mental health of my teachers. My teachers have been through a lot, Sean and Trey, these last few years, especially during the pandemic, you know, right. some have come to me and said, look, Dr. Fenner, I need some help. Dr. Fenner, hey, I've been to the doctor and got my Xanax prescription up a couple times, Dr. Fenner, okay, because that's how real and authentic I am with my teachers. They know they can come talk to me about any and everything. Right. So when you talk about mental health, yes, I've been very concerned and still concerned about the mental health not only of my babies, but of my as of my teachers as well.
1: I mean, I can understand that because a lot of I, th- I think, you know, what the thing I think we missing um, now is not not only black men being a part of the kids and being, you know, being more interactive, but the family structure, period, being more interactive with school. My mom was very active in school. Like she went to she didn't go to a lot of PTA meetings, but she came up to the school just to check. They was they were able to call and talk to her. You know, sad to say she raised three black men. You know, I came from a single parent dynamic. So she raised three black men, and we all went through school, graduated. We did everything that we was, you know, supposed to do. Now some of us, but well, then my brothers made some hiccups in life, but that happens. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she was very active. So I took the lead to make sure I'm active. But knowing, like I'm going to these schools, I've I've spoken to kids. I've I've done leadership programs. I've done a lot of different things over my time, on, um, of you know, being out here and in the world and dealing with kids or going to these schools, but I've, I don't see a lot of parents really just going to the school and actually having conversations with teachers. They're, they're going over, they're missing like the kids grades are trash and they're yeah. just like, why they're not graduating? Like, I just saw that happen the other day where people like, and I, I personally don't like the no child left behind um thing. I hate that shit. If you fail, you fail. You sit your ass back in there and you redo that stuff. Like, I'm, I am not a fan of that no child left. That's the one thing Obama passed that I fucking hate to the core, that no child left behind thing. If you fail, you fail. Because now we're just pushing kids on by, and we're just giving them the minimum grade amount, and just so they can just go to the next grade, and they're not picking up any tools. And for, for me, college may not be for everyone, but a trade is. And that first diploma is that that first high school diploma is that first entrance to you, you're gonna need that. You might not need everything else, but you're gonna need that just to even
0: start your world. So I'm I do not know, man. But a lot of a lot of parents aren't parenting. You're, you're talking about parenting. Yeah. The parents aren't parenting. And as far as a black male perspective, a lot of black men just go to work and come home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's always been like that. I had my son young, I taught my son how to read, I taught my son how to write. I didn't know anybody around me that came close to doing any of that. And that's not applauding me. That's just saying everybody else needs to be doing the same thing. And I did that because I didn't have a father that was hands-on. But my father was from a dynamic where fathers weren't hands-on. And we talk about this all the time, to change the dynamic of the parent. Yes. That method won't work. But back then, they came up with teachers that cared. We don't have that. So as parents, we have to have that level of parenting at home to assist the teachers. Oh, you can jump in any time you want, Shanice We, we, we just, we know I would, love, know, to, I would want love to Go Janice, ahead, go you can jump in any time you ahead. want okay. We you talk, can, talk all the time, you go
2: ahead Hey, I want to say all. everything you just said Trey and Sean is absolutely correct Let me, I want to first start off on this first part we all know learning begins at home, okay? Yes, learning begins at home. Facts, your parents different. are your first teachers, okay? I can say to you that we parents need to do a better job, y'all. Okay. They yeah, need we to do a better job, okay? Mm-hmm. And let's talk about parental involvement, okay? Now, when I have open house, you all, that's when all the parents come out, they bring the babies, the babies find out who's their teacher and all. I'm also going to have some barbers on on site. The barbers are going to cut the baby's hair. I'm going to have some beauticians on site. they braid my little girl's hair. We'll have um, backpacks and everything. It will be crowded. OK, but when I have my first curriculum night, which is, w- which is when the parents come out and I first have a conversation with them about their expectations and then they branch off to the classrooms so that the teachers can tell them about what the babies will be learning. I may have maybe eight or nine parents show up, okay? That wow. is a problem for me. When I have parent nights, nobody shows up. But if we have awards yeah. day, some kind of program, they show up and we are packed full. Now let's talk a little bit about I the black males okay many of my babies don't have their fathers in their lives like i said earlier okay now how are my black males supposed to know how to do okay they need that black male they need to see that black man get up in the morning Mm -hmm. take a shower shave brush his teeth put on his clothes see him actually go out the front door to go to work Because that's what you do when you're a responsible individual, okay? My babies don't have that, okay? They only see, like I said before, that black mother, okay? They hear it from the black mother. They come to school. They hear it from me and my black assistant principal. You know, they hear it from the teachers and all. They've got all these mothers and everything. We need the black male in the family, now, we all know when you, you know, dismantle a family, when you get rid of the head. OK, the yeah. head is mm-hmm. the black male. When you get rid of the head, you know, Farrakhan talks about it all the time. That's why I yes, love when he talks about the black male. I love a, going online and listening to him talk about the black male, you know, yeah. and, and and it is we, we need the, the black family. You all needs to get back together. OK, but our black babies need mm-hmm. their black fathers.
1: Okay? I totally agree. Now, this is what Trey says all the time. We fell for the we fell for the 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 trick. We fell for it. We let welfare, we let all these systems come in place to remove us, and I hate to say it, they employ black women. I don't hate to say it; didn't keep it real. They employ black women Mm -hmm. to say fuck black men, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times we are pushed out by our own. So that starts there now. We should we should have the wherewithal to say, fuck it, deal with it and still be a part of our children's lives. But mm-hmm. as someone that's been in the child support system, OK, you know, what I mean, as someone that's been in the child support system for my oldest kid, mm-hmm. they do not they do not employ you to do shit, but mm-hmm. pay this money. You can't get no help if you if you don't have money, if you don't have a lot of money to go pay for a lawyer, you can go get a lawyer mm-hmm. for free almost. Okay. I can't.
2: Okay. If I just
1: make a couple of dollars, take it for me as someone that's been in the system since I was shit. My daughter was born before I turned 20. I started early. My daughter's born before I turned 20. I'm 42 years old. I was in the system since the beginning. I worked at Wendy's while I was in college. They told me I made too much money to to um to get any lawyer assistance.
2: Are you serious, Sean? I'm,
1: I'm dead. I'm dead ass. <laughs> I worked at Wendy's. They told me I made way too much money. You have to pay for a lawyer. I go to a lawyer, it was 10000 dollars up front just to get any assistance. Now, I got tons of paper. I so I learned to be my own lawyer for a long time, put my own hearings. If the woman does not come to court. They tell me you are fine. that's two hundred dollars down the drain right there. Two hundred dollars. I have to pay. I have to. I can't. I can't do anything about it. But if she says, hey, I see him making a couple more dollars. I need an increase. I get a letter in the mail and I got to go to court for the increase. And if I don't show up, the increase happens. If I do show up, it's still gonna happen, but they're gonna review your documentation. It's so many loopholes for us to jump through. You know, then you find yourself in arrears or this and that. Great thing is I'm not on child support anymore. Me and my daughter, we have a phenomenal relationship. But the mm. first part of her life, I could not see her. Oh. And it's not because I did not try or did not fight to see, it's because of these roadblocks that was put up mm-hmm. that I have to fight through. And you know what everybody tell you? Fight what? harder. Fight harder. Mm-hmm. Nigga, I'm fighting
0: harder. I'm harder. Yeah, that's that's a generic cop art response, and everything you're saying, all it does is make us combative. yep And that just brings us, you know what I far, mean? Far apart. So everything went according to plan. yep Even with a lot of situations, they'd rather promote a black woman than us to demoralize us. We even fall for that. Like, we're not mad at you being successful as a black woman. Not at all. We. B- I, don't, I don't care how you got that position. If they did me dirty to give, it to, you, give it to you, I'm not mad at you. My problem is the system that's in place. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't put you in a position to belittle me because you got a little bit of success mm-hmm. that may be monetarily greater than mine at that point. Mm-hmm. See, that's the issue that goes on. Mm-hmm. And it's not everyone. See, these no, conversations always will have a woman... Respond as if we're bashing women for being successful. That's not what we said. Okay. We're just saying in a lot of situations they will promote a black woman Mm -hmm. to kick us out the home because we fall for that. Mm -hmm. Your success does not equal my demise. Mm -hmm. Of course. Or does my success put me in a position to belittle you as a black woman because I need you to. Mm -hmm. I know that's right. Let's, Let's stop the bullshit. I need
1: you to. Mm-hmm. And we've and I we've mean, dealt so, with all type of women. We've dealt with women that have money. We dealt with women that don't have money. Let's keep okay. it a buck. A lot of yeah. us guys that's doing well. Mm-hmm. A lot of time the female they ain't really doing much. I mm-hmm. tell she's probably staying with the moms or something like that. Or that's us that's doing well. Now me, I don't care. Like my wife, she was doing cool when she came and we. Figure out our dy- dynamic, and she got with me. She started doing better. I promote my wife to the fullest all the time. I'm always promoting and bigging up my wife. I'm always, every every success I celebrate because I know she celebrates mine. And the mm-hmm. same thing happened It's my second marriage. My ex-wife was the same thing, but she didn't receive it the same because she was so useless. And her dad is in her life, but her dad was not the best, even though he was in her life. So mm-hmm. when it came to me, it was like, it got to be a motive. Why are you so good? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, you got to be doing something that you ain't supposed to be doing? Why are you so good? And it's like, all right, G, I'm tired of this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can't take me as as being decent, as a decent human being, because I'm in this dynamic now, you know, yes, we have our no shit moments. You know what
0: mm-hmm. I mean? I I was young. We, you know, I lived, <laughs> you know, I've, I've yeah, been we, around we the world. Know. I lived. We don't know what we're doing in relationships. We don't even know how to really be good friends. Mm-hmm. Like we learned that. Like, like me and this guy, we just kind of became brothers overnight. Cause we got older and we learned things along the way. But up until that point, we both laugh at our surroundings, mm-hmm. male and female. We just, most of it is medicinal. You know what I mean? I use that word with relationships. A lot of times, a lot of times we're looking for a fix. We're looking yeah. for a quick remedy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you have a lot of children that have parents that whole lifestyles are medicinal. And within mm-hmm. none of those medicinal properties Are the children even there as far as being a part of something that's necessary? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't knock parents having fun. Hey, have your fun. Your life isn't over when you have children. But those children are a responsibility that should be taken care of first before That's you right. have those moments. That's right.
2: That's right. And they didn't ask to be here, Sean and Trey.
0: They, did now, not. Get they didn't exactly have to be here, but, they they come to, but they're going to come to your school looking in your face like mm-hmm. you're supposed to solve their problem immediately. Yes. yes. And the parents are mad at you if you can't solve it. Exactly. Exactly. And I
2: can say to you all, I love the black man. You know, any black man that I've dated, I've always supported him. I did not belittle him. As a matter of fact, one of my exes, I got him to go back to school and obtain a degree as well, okay? I believe go, in it. when go, you go. get with somebody, y'all work together, baby, and y'all build. Okay. I yes, want us to build, out, baby, yeah. and have things, okay? Yep, okay. Yep. But it's gotta be cohesive, you know. I, yeah, yeah, I can have my ambition here, and he has his their booth. Okay. I yep, mean, yep. and I and I know everything is not always 50 50 when it comes to ambition and stuff. It can be 80 20 one day, 70 30 another day when it comes to ambition. Right. But right. I like I said, I've just always wanted me somebody I could build with, somebody can love me for me, and I love him for him, baby. Okay. Right, right. I, I think Black Love is beautiful. I've done an this article. Listen D. Black Love is beautiful Boo. Most Nobody can't mess Most with different. Black Love. Okay. Uh-uh. I th-
1: I different. think also I think what Trey said at the beginning of the pod, the social media stuff mm-hmm. has yeah. jaded us to a point where we think we think we don't like each other. There's so much things out there where it says men don't like black women, or or now men are starting to say black women don't like
0: us, and this is why well, we why, need them. Why, why, Sean? Board.
2: Why, why, why?
0: That's what's that's what's promoters of the masses. We we fell for that too. We we, we falling for the trick again. We, we got fall for, we fall for everything. So if, if if we had a podcast and we came out and we talked about women and called them all hoes and bitches, mm-hmm. and we did the panda panda bearisms, oh, our numbers be would explode. We'd be we'd successful. Would explode. Yeah. You know, what I mean, because that's that's what's happening. or
1: or if we do what a lot of these Derek Jackson type guys do. The black woman is this. You fellas got to make sure you pay every single bill and every everything catered to her nails and do all this stuff. And we did that when we know, as it was proven, this nigga wasn't doing it. <laughs> like if we did all of that, we will also be successful. It's it's, it's a weird dichotomy right now where, like Trey said earlier, the guys and the women and the men that are unionized and doing everything that they do, they're not on social media. Mm-hmm. They're not paying attention to these podcasts. That's they're right. not on that. So you don't see it. All we see is the brothers and sisters that's busy fighting and it's starting to get younger and younger. You know, God rest his soul. But um Samuel. um Kevin Samuel, he opened up the Pandora's box of shenanigans. Yes,
2: he did, he did. He,
1: and some of the things he was saying was on point. But that's not what part became popular. Is. He didn't to right. those, those wasn't popular. As <laughs> yeah, soon as he switched popular. his narrative, mm-hmm. as yeah. soon as he switched his narrative, that's when he
0: got rich. The first joke he made, down on a yep. woman calling a fat, this, that, or whatever, next thing you know, he's viral. Mm-hmm. Yup. Yep. everybody forgot all the good things. Because I
1: was following, bro, when he was talking about suits and how to dress different colognes. I was getting my cologne ideas from him. Then oh, all of a sudden, yeah. his narrative changed. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? What are we doing now?
0: Because yeah. it, it, it generates revenue. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's been a way of survival. Like, my father's a retired pastor. He became a pastor in his 40s. And, you know, he taught a lot of pastors. He got his PhD. And he was really heavy into that. And... Being a minister also just became a hustle. It's a way to generate revenue. You have a lot of people that are struggling. They can't survive. So they see a chance to do something and they just jump into it. And then it becomes popular and people follow it. That's never going to change. The church system is not what it
1: used to be. Well,
0: it's it's, it's it's really no different from social media. If they see people see a way to generate revenue, they hop on it. But that doesn't take away from being solid individuals and especially where you're at with these young youth. We got to get these youth together because it's hard. It's hard to convert them, though. We got to get these children right. Some of these adults are going to be what they're going to be.
2: I want to ask you all something. OK, I mm-hmm. know y'all have heard this before, that women raise their daughters and love their sons. OK. So can you kind of talk with me about that? How, what's your perception on that? You know, because you yeah, know they talk
1: about a lot of these dudes are pussy. Excuse my French. A lot of these dudes are soft. But I will say, as someone that was raised by a, a single black woman, okay, my mom is my mom was the the outlier. My mother was more of a man than she was of a woman. And then what she could not teach us. She had older brothers that stepped in and said something, you know what I'm saying? The ones that we did respect, you know, my uncles and stuff like that. They they stepped in and said something. My dad, that was a drug dealer, man. Typical. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. My dad was an ex drug dealer. He was just in this world. My mother fell in love with a hard head knucklehead. You know what I'm saying? But they were married for years and had three kids. You know, he was in he was in the armed services. He was in the armed services. He came home and. When he was in Vietnam, came home, went straight to. If you've ever been to Detroit, that's just what it was at that time, Mm -hmm. Um, especially to make money. Like everything you've seen on TV, that's kind of what it was at that time. But I say a lot of, like, takes a point, my wife. Mm -hmm. I tell my wife all the time, I need her to be a little bit tougher on my boys because, but she's, it's easy to not be tough because I'm here. Okay. They know, boom, dad is. Hey, tighten up, respect your mother, certain different things like they know I preach certain different things. We do certain meditation, but I tell her, what if I'm gone, what if something happens to me? God forbid something happens to me. You are too relaxed on these boys, mm-hmm. you too soft on them, you, y'all coddle them, and hold them in. And, and that's good. We need hugs. We need kisses. But you also need a punch in the arm and someone to, to direct you when it comes to women. A lot of the mothers are jealous of their own daughters. So they see their youth. Well,
0: they're jealous they, they of their own daughters, daughters and they are in relationships with their sons. There we go. That son is not ah. the man. That son that son is not the man of your household. My
1: I say mean, my, my that son is not your boyfriend. My ex-wife used to dress her son up like the like the niggas she dated up until I came into the picture. When I or came that, into the picture, I made him be a kid like no he's a kid he doesn't wear these clothing this is this is what a grown this is what i wear we're not gonna dress him like me now i'm not saying that he don't need to be fashionable but he don't and i was in her i was in his life until shit so little bro was about my son's age now you know my 12 year old son's age so it was like yo and that was from 5 to 12 i was in his life from 5 to 12 his daddy was there but his daddy was a just a jealous dude that was mad that he can't control her anymore because I'm here. I'm in the picture. But that's what y'all do. A lot of black women, I hate to say it, and I know a bunch of black women who dress their kids up like the niggas they date. Wow. <laughs> and that's it. And they treat him. He's the king. He's my king. He's he's not your damn king. He's your child. Mm-hmm. Don't give him that title. He, he must grow to be a man. We can't, we give to we give these kids titles. And like Trey said, they, a lot of them are dating their sons. But
0: they're filling a void. You you never see a, a woman that's in healthy relationships do that. No. You know what I mean? Or a woman that champions healthy relationships. Cause sometimes they don't work, but you champion healthy relationships. That's what you build upon. You don't see it there. You know what I mean? And, and the problem is the child becomes 18. The child gets into the workforce. Or maybe doesn't even make it that far because they make bad decisions out here. Mm-hmm. You know, they they love, they they think they're growing at like 16 years old. And there's nothing wrong with being a child. There's nothing wrong with being a young adult. Nope. You're learning. You know, you're building. You need those times to become a man that're just pushed into manhood in theory. Because this woman is telling him he's the man of the house now and he's just that or whatever. You're not a man of shit. You're and still a child. Un- that's unjust pressure. If you ever been the, the man of a home,
1: and you got to your mind thinks I got to bring in the money to supply for this home. I got to make sure everything stays afloat. I got to make sure this. And you tell a 16 year old that and that's the first thing he thinks in his mind. He can't even work a real job at 16, really. Oh, not and nothing and of and any and substance.
0: Sometimes even younger than that, just being a part of adult conversations. Mm-hmm. And then these children go to school. They think they mentor it. They don't even have the basic fundamentals to move to the next level. Cause they have a mother that basically told them they're okay already. You're fine. I'm
1: gonna keep it a buck. I've been a I've been an adult since I was young.
2: How young, Sean? How young, Sean? How young?
1: Probably about (laughs) twelve. And that's because single mother. She worked all the time. I raised my two my two brothers. my My youngest brother calls me, dude. You pretty much my dad. You're my dad. They come to me for those type of conversations. When they down and out, they need a couple dollars or something happened, they call me. That's mm-hmm. who they talk to. Cause and then when I'm barking on them, the first thing they say is, bro, you act like your, I'm your dad. And then my youngest brother, my youngest brother be like, well oh, shit, he kinda is, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I I personally didn't have a childhood because of that. I've been a grown I've been a grown man for a long time. So guess what? Guess what happens a lot of times if you don't, if you don't have um if you don't have stable people around you, as if men to watch or mentors, because it's a lack of mentors,
2: mm-hmm. that part you find yourself that part.
1: turning into a child when you turn when you're grown. So then, when you get in your relationships with your women, mm-hmm. you feel like you gotta have multiple women, or mm-hmm. you feel like you, yo, I'm yo, who is she to me? I've been doing me for forever. You start finding yourself. Luckily, I had mentors growing up. I found men that were willing to have conversations with me. Or I take moments even at 42. I take moments like with my brother here, you know what I'm saying? He's a a little older than I am. I pick up different information from him that he's been through, that he's done. We have these conversations and we we self feed each other information because now because our relationship isn't medicinal. Mm -hmm. It's genuine. It's a genuine thing. But a lot of times it's we like us, we can't tell these young kids what to do today. They're not gonna really listen to us. Like, you know what I mean? Unless they're willing. If you could find the ones that's willing, I have a few that's willing, but a lot of them like man, old head or uh, unk, or uh, what they call what they calling us now, Trey, Unk, OG. Um, OG. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh OG, you ain't out here in the world like me. And it's like, bro, I've been through everything you've done in so.
0: But look at the dynamic and the climate. Um We all know people that have multiple children, Mm -hmm. multiple mothers. So where are these kids getting the guidance from? Mentors aren't always in place. Everybody doesn't have uncles. You know, the the communities don't help each other raise children anymore. I grew up in New York City where every household knew who had whose child, whose child was who. Everybody knew your mother, everybody. And this is in New York. Mm -hmm. So I know in the country it was more intense, but this is New York City. I could be around the corner and they knew my mother. Same mm-hmm. thing here in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? Thing. That's, yeah, back street then, lights came on.
1: The big cities, you gotta run like home. That street, up, street lights come on, you run home. And if and you run home, my your talking, mama called yeah. you, the other mama's called, was called. Yes, you. hear
0: your mama calling you, All boy, get your ass home. That's <laughs> right. my, brothers, my brother's friends even knew I was Derek Rick's younger brother. They knew mm-hmm. that. Same thing here. You know mm-hmm. what but I mean? That, now was, yeah. it's every man for himself now. Yeah, yeah. And, and these little girls don't have older men protecting them out here. These older men are trying to get in their pants.
2: That's right. And fellas, that was called the village concept. I talk about that all the time. That was the village concept. Now, we came up with the village concept. If I got off the school bus and I was doing something crazy, the neighbors got on me. When my (laughs) mama got home, she got me. My daddy got home. He got me. That's the village concept. We don't have the village concept anymore because now you can't say anything to people. All right, there we go. Or yeah. They're going to fight you and shoot you. Okay. You know, somebody said something to somebody's child. They went to the person, the person shot them. you know? So it's like, you can't say anything anymore. And that's what bothers me. Now talking about mentoring, one thing I'm going to do this year is I've already reached out and asked a certain fraternity to come and the first day of school say hello to my babies and then come once a month to sit down and talk with my young black males, have lunch with them, have conversations with them. So that's one thing I'm doing at my school this year. So that's mentoring awesome. is so key.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, that's dope. that's dope. That is, that is super dope. So your the dynamics at your school is predominantly black. Yes, 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 yes. Right.
2: I have African-American children. They look just mm-hmm. like me. I'm an African-American female, I'm low socioeconomic, we have low parental involvement. You know, my, our parents, they love the babies, you know, but once again, I'm trying to get that village concept. I'm trying to build that homeschool connection where it's, it's positive, you know. You don't need to come to the school and cuss me and my assistant principal out You don't need to come and tell me you want to fight one of the teachers, you know, baby. We hey, this is a unified front, baby. We need to create it, you know, because we're here trying to make productive and successful citizens out of these babies who are going to take over our jobs one day. And I want them to be successful, baby. So we don't have to make it negative. I want to make it positive. You know,
1: right. What's the the white dynamic? What's the white dynamic and Mexican dynamic, Spanish dynamic at your school?
2: Oh, it's very low. We have very low percentage. Okay. It's low because we're, like, um, we're like we're like ninety percent black and maybe three percent, you know, other and all. So yeah. Oh, for real? Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My school is basically black.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. oh wow! Yeah, we
2: do have whites and we do have Hispanic, but you know, it's it's a smaller percentage. But we're basically African American.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. What you about to say Oh. No, I was going to ask you, within your curriculum, is there a focus on the arts? You know, a lot of schools are, are no. taking away programs dealing with the arts, whether it's the instruments, whether it's the athletic programs.
2: Yes, we um, do have the arts in our school. We do have a music teacher. Actually, I have two music teachers this year. Okay. We also bring in and go to various field trips where we bring the arts to the school.
0: For okay, the two- that's dope. I like that. And we right.
2: uh-huh. also go visit the arts as well, field trips. Okay, yes. okay. okay.
1: I like that. Now, that's uh-huh. good because... That's so why I was over here like no, because I, I could look at my son's school and yeah, they got the arts, and I think because his school is a it's about it's probably more, it's it's about half and half. Oh okay. I think it's 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 whites, it's probably more, it's probably trending a little bit more white people than um than blacks, but it's oh, okay. whites, blacks, and then Hispanics are the smaller, great. My mm-hmm. oldest son, my youngest son. It's probably more Hispanics, and that's like I can see the school from my home. Oh. It's probably more Hispanics, even though I don't really see much of them in our area. But I think it's more Hispanics, and then it's blacks, and then whites are the minority in at that, that particular school. Oh, okay. But um, neither one of them really do the arts as much. I know the elementary school don't. You know, oh. I grew up in schools doing the arts, like right Now I think my son, his he does play an instrument now. He they do have an art. They do have um, a band. Okay. Um and the school, does, but I don't really feel like the dude teaching on You do the recitals, that should be like, come on, fam.
2: Now, let Here me ask go. you this, Sean. Have you asked the school why they don't do arts? Have you had that question, that conversation with them?
1: We, we've had that conversation. They're busy trying to worry about sports. Oh, okay. They steady recruit my son to play some sport. Okay, got it. And I'm, I'm
0: big well, on even education. Even, education first. Well, even yeah, with the athletic too, programs, they're not, they not really coaching a lot of these athletic programs. They just got somebody that just has a job. I asked about the arts, man, because we're we're naturally creative people. Yes, we are. And some of us are creative in ways that aren't really just understood until we can do some hands-on things, whether it's an instrument, whether it's with poetry, whether it's drawing, whether it is a sport. I think all of those are connected in some kind of way. That's why I asked that question. I know a lot of schools are getting away from that. Mm -hmm. And all they care about, like you said, is having us be athletes, Mm -hmm. but basically their benefit. Well, a lot of a lot of our youth the athletics isn't even benefiting us at all. It's just benefiting really their easy. own a lot of these coaches at these young ages are people that just couldn't play and they're just living their life through these children, watching mm-hmm. them play a sport. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's I really want to ask because I, I grew up in a stifled creativity environment. Okay. Because okay. in New York, when I was young, you know, my parents had me in private school because they thought that was the best option for me based on some other people in the neighborhood, because my father worked a lot, he was a cop. My mother was a nurse, they worked a lot, so they put me in this private school system I and mean, you're, you're just stifled. I stayed in trouble because I was more advanced than other classmates and I wasn't the type to take a nap. I wasn't the type to read chapter one and close a book. I taught myself how to write a script, you know, I just, you bored me to death with this curriculum crap with these white people, mm-hmm. like, And the arts is just, like writing has always been something that kept me stable, even today. Mm-hmm. You know, if I find myself falling away from my writing, my I'm this way. My equal balances when I've been to that.
2: Well, see, my thing, fellas, as a principal, and you know already what's gonna come out my mouth. I'm always about academics, okay? Mm-hmm. Ain't no need for me to sit here and go, Trey and Sean, I'm about sports. No, I'm not.
1: Right.
0: Okay. Right. I'm all right. about
2: academics, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and that's
0: just well, that's, that's, that's
1: what we I yeah. so, mean. That's school what school keeps what the funding for your schools too. Mm-hmm. If the academics yeah, yeah, you're not gonna put up there, you're not gonna play. Most definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If those test scores yeah. aren't, you know, halfway good. They're not gonna fund your school much longer, you know, if you're not halfway where you need to be at. So, because I think we've briefly touched on every topic pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean, down to down to breaking the um, victim mentality. So, what what is 2023? New summertime is going on. What is it? What should parents be doing right now with their children? Like for myself, next mm-hmm. week, um, my boys, um. You know i got them reading so starting monday yes they got they got to read they got to read two chapters in a book and then i'm making book reports because i can be honest my oldest son his his strengths it's weird about my oldest son he's a coder he can code okay but his reading isn't strong okay and i guess because he doesn't like reading out loud Mm -hmm. so his his confidence in his reading isn't strong so my goal is to get him more be a more confident reader Okay. You know, what I'm saying my youngest, my youngest is he excels at everything. The problem is he just needs to sit his ass still. Mm-hmm. So we fo- <laughs> like now just focusing on you know impulse control and because he's was like Trey, he had finished all his work. All his teachers said that he finished everything. He starts moving on to the next part of his work and they don't want him to do that. No, Devon, if you move on, you're not going to have nothing to do on the next one. And he's like, look, I'm bored. Then he started doing, start doing goofy stuff. And then I'm like, oh, my God. You know, (laughs) and that's because, you know, in my home, we have everything. I was I'm that parent that try to provide everything. Mm-hmm. So you don't have it's. You don't wish a lack for nothing. Now that also is a detriment. I believe so. I got to start slowing down on that. But you know we provide everything. So what should kids be doing? What should parents be doing with their kids for the summertime, summer break? What should we be doing?
2: Great question, baby. Great question. Now some schools have summer school. Like right now at my school, we have summer school going on for three weeks. Uh-huh. But if your child's not at summer school, here are some things that I want parents to do this summer. Now, Sean, you just told me that one of your babies, you know, doesn't feel comfortable reading. This is what I want you to start doing, Sean. Mm -hmm. Every night. Now, I know you may have a busy schedule, but I want you to take at least 30 minutes, Sean. Mm -hmm. And I want you to get a book. I want you to get a book that the baby. And now one thing I call, I call the students babies. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So one thing I want you to do with the baby, I want you to let him choose a book, Sean. And every night I want him and you to get together side by side. And this is what I want you to do, Sean you're gonna read a page he's gonna read a page okay Mm -hmm. and then after you read it i want you to ask him some questions sean okay Mm -hmm. turn the page he reads the page you read a page okay if you notice you're reading too i want you to read out loud and he's Mm -hmm. gonna read out loud then you're gonna ask him some questions okay then when you finish i want you to pull out a journal Mm -hmm. or some just some paper it can even be blank white paper
1: no he has a journal
2: yeah i want him to write at least a paragraph about what you two read and discussed. Okay, So that's gonna also, that's gonna be the fluency for reading, the reading comprehension, and also the writing. Okay, expressing himself through writing, okay? That should be done every night. Because in the summertime, Sean and Trey, a child can drop as many as two reading levels in the the summertime, okay? I also want you to, if this is something you and your wife would like to do, I want you to go out and kind of research some summer camps Make sure that the summer camps have an element of academics as well, because I'm very yeah. big on academics. I want him yeah. to go out and learn how to, you know, talk with others. You know, we live in the America, the great melting pot, learn how to get along with others, work with others and do team things. But I want it to also have an aspect or an element of some academic things. Yeah, as well. they,
1: they, they're in summer camp and that's what that's what okay. the summer camp. and YMCA. So mm-hmm. they definitely have some some educational uh, balance with that.
2: When it comes to math this summer, I love flashcards. Get the get the addition, the subtraction, the multiplication, and division flashcards and flash them to them, give them some paper to work some things out as well. Um, have your wife to pull out a recipe, you all, all go to the grocery store and get the get all the ingredients and all and come back and teach them how to do measurement. You got a third cup of sugar, a fourth of this, a blah blah blah. They can learn about measurement. In other you're words, to, you're trying to give me divorce.
1: You do, you're trying to give me divorce. Uh huh. <laughs> I go to the grocery store. My wife, she' about to divorce me, man. I uh, let her go over there by herself. I wish she yes. get back.
2: <laughs> Everything that you do, Sean, should be something that's educational. Also, this summer, Sean, visit museums, zoos, oh, yeah. planetariums. You know, historical places. Go to the beach if you can. You know, a lot of these things are free as well. Just make sure. And the, always the key word. And I say this with my teachers when we had our sit retreat last week. The key word is always exposure. We've got to expose our babies to different things because a lot of times babies from low socioeconomic backgrounds, they don't get the exposure and all. You know, one thing that hurts me so bad is like right now, I would love for my babies to go to the beach this summer, go to the museums and all. And I know that the parents may not you know, be able to do that, but I want my teachers to at least next year. Let's go visit some of these places with the babies. You know, you have so many babies, very affluent babies that their parents have already said, oh, this summer, we're going to visit Europe. We're going to visit blah, blah, blah. My babies don't get to do that, baby. And that's one of the things, fellas, that hurts my heart.
1: yeah. Yeah. No, no, I'm yeah, with you. Like. I feel I feel like. I'm with you. It's a lot of a lot of parents. i um a lot of a lot of parents. They can't do it. You know what I mean? But and then we also don't look at the things that are free. Like you could go downtown Raleigh Um, we're we're close to Raleigh. So we go downtown Raleigh and all the museums are free. All that stuff is free. You just walk around, go right on in there. And it's good. It's not that it's bad. It's like good stuff. My kids are the outliers because they do all of that. Like, that's the one thing we do all of that stuff. We go to the zoos, we go to the planetariums, we go to the museums, they see all that stuff. So my son, they did a field trip at the camp. They just went to the, um, they went to the museum and they walking around and my son is showing them the stuff already. Okay. He's pretty much running the tour. And they're like, well, I need not know all this stuff. <laughs> oh, my dad and mom take me here all the time. Like we go here just for no reason. We park the car, let's go into the museum, let's walk around, let's just take some photos. Different things like that, but a lot of a lot of us, we think everything comes with a monetary value. So we's like, we don't want to do it. What you about to say, Trey?
0: All that is parenting. We're not mm-hmm. focused on parenting. That whole can't afford stuff shit aggravates the fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah, I know it. Aggravates the fuck out of me. We go out, we see each other with three hundred dollars sneakers on. Thanks. Yo, our focus is not on the children. Let's call it for what <clears> it is. <throat> I right. watched my mother. So stockings together to keep from buying stockings. I mean, yeah, they took it to an extra level. We not going to take it to, but I'm just saying the thought process of I got these children. I'm going to build them mm-hmm. too many households. That's not there. Pretty parents sure. will take their vacations. They having their girls night outs. They having their weekends and I'm not talking against that. So Don't get in my comments saying that I'm acting like parents shouldn't have fun. No, I'm not. But you don't have fun at the expense of your child's development. There are some people that maybe can't afford to go to London. But maybe you can go to the beaches in Miami. Or maybe you can go to Wilmington. There's a beach out there. Myrtle Beach. You can do something. Your child should not go the whole summer and nothing. And going to visit grandma ain't no damn vacation.
1: It really isn't.
0: <laughs> Growing up, that was my vacation. Coming to North Carolina to see granddad in his old store with those stale ass butter cookies. <laughs> <laughs> hey yo,
1: I ain't gonna lie. My summer vacation was coming to South Carolina, and this is the woods in South Carolina.
0: Like it ain't but nothing out there. But that was the there. dynamic. That was the back summer then. vacation. <laughs> but we always talk about how you parroted back then. We can take pieces from it. Yeah. But now it's it's a different dynamic we have yeah, to take yeah. responsibilities for that, hold each other accountable. That kind of thing what it. you're saying, but even when you can't afford, hey, if I can't afford that Mercedes, I could drive my Honda Accord outside and be comfortable. Right. I don't want to pay that car pay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know what I'm yeah. saying? So there's something we can't do.
1: I ain't gonna lie, though, I'm dropping my kids off with the grandparents at the end of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> the last two weeks of the summer is gonna be me and the wife dropping their ass. But clean you, off. you've done other
0: things throughout <laughs> the year.
1: Oh yeah, you know how I do. Exactly. Balance. We
0: need balance.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I we agree. Need
0: balance. And it's, it's also also, I'm not, not even being funny, keeping it real. It's also about information. A lot of parents don't have the information on things they can't do because we don't discuss things of value. As soon as these brothers get together, they wanna to have a drink or they wanna go chase some ass. Mm-hmm. So as the women get together, it's the girls' night out. You just want to talk shit about everything, but you don't want to share information. Mm-hmm. So how you can
1: you be- get out of that? Like, let's say, let's say what you, Doc, and mm-hmm. in, your, in your peer group, your friend group. How are y'all building? Let's from a woman's perspective. How are y'all building? Or y'all spending times, um, sipping, sipping some, Taylor um, Port and talking shit about us.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, no, my, my friends are basically educators. Okay? okay. So when we get together, baby, we're discussing plans and investing, you know, we, we're, we're, you know, our conversation is like taking things to the next level. Okay? okay. Cause I'm a very, I know you all don't, you, Sean and Trey, y'all don't know me, but I'm a very ambitious person. So I don't have conversations about people and I don't trash talk people. I'm all about business and I'm all about taking things to the next level. Okay. Yeah, but as far as getting that information out there, we need to have those discussions and have forums. And also write articles about. I got a couple articles out right now telling parents what they need to do with the kids this summer,
1: okay? So that's how I get my information out. Yeah. Where to find them at? What's bring them up? Just
2: just Google my name, Dr. Shanessa Fenner, and all this stuff pops up. You'll see all the articles and everything.
1: That's true. I Googled Mm -hmm. you. You're right. It does pop up. But I'm
2: always, remember, I write for 16 publications. So mm-hmm. when you talk about disseminating information, I'm always writing about things that people don't want to talk about. I'm writing about things that I feel like parents need to know. So I'm always having those conversations and, and pushing that information out.
0: That's dope, so- but even within our peer groups mm-hmm. and even within our siblings, we have to do a better job of that. Like oh, yeah, of course. With, with, yeah. with, with Sean and I, uh-huh. it's like when, when we can have something going on, a lot of times we'll have those conversations. Okay. But I can remember in my younger days when things go on, the solution was going to the bar. Oh, okay. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Either going to the bar. Oh, the or shop. A, the
2: barbershop.
0: Well, I mean, the barbershop, that never stops. You always have that. That's yeah, just, yeah. Because mm-hmm. you got to get a haircut eventually. <laughs> but just but just within when things go on, the, the, the first thing a lot of us would do, we go get a drink or we go find a female to have that medicinal moment. But after that medicinal moment, the issue was still there. And over a period of time, that issue has intensified because that virus is still in. We never took, I'm big on root cause analysis, so we never took the root cause of that situation and touched it because we shy away from these uncomfortable inf- uncomfortable conversations because the truth stings, the truth hurts a little bit.
2: It sure does.
0: And with each other, we give each other the truth every once in a while. And it's not, you did this, you did this. No, it's like, yo, bro, come on, man. You know you better than this and just yes. laugh at it and... He gets mad at me sometimes. I don't get mad at him, but he gets mad at me sometimes. Then at the end, <laughs> he'll be like, yeah, bro, you're right or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. I know when I'm right, because he get mad. <laughs> not all the time. I mean, I'm <laughs> joking, not all the time, but we, we still we still testosterone, still there's still ego here and there. I've just <laughs> grown out of that ego, because I'm a little bit older than them, because I got tired of myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that's right. Like, and a lot dumb. of times, as men, mm-hmm. you get to a point where it's like, eh, fuck it. Yeah. One thing I do know is I don't know everything.
1: Hmm. But but like he said, those 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 moments are needed. You know what I mean? Like even f- like he said for myself, yeah, I will get upset. Like man, what are you, what are you talking about, sir? I'm doing this. Then I think about it. Like yeah, he kind of right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then I'd be like, bro, you right because we he right that ego that male blocker be like, nah, fam. Yeah, he don't know what he's talking about. But in reality, like yo, I I'm, I'm big on accountability. We are both big on accountability. So we as as a as friends. If we can't hold each other accountable, why are we here? Why are Sorry. we doing that? Mm-hmm. So that's the main thing. Like we it might be tough to hear sometimes. You know what I mean? Cause I've brought up situations of even my relationship with my wife. Like I'll do something and I, I'll tell him, have a conversation with him because I want him to see if I'm wrong or not. Am I tripping? And he'll listen. And then I know I'm wrong because he'll smirk. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be quiet. <laughs> he'll just smirk. I'm like, what you got to say, Trey? Man, you know you dead ass wrong. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> all right cool. You're right. You know what I mean? Let me think about it. Know that woman don't do nothing. And I'm like, yeah, because, you right. because
0: gen- genuinely, <laughs> genuinely, I want to see my brother do well. I want him to be good within his spirit.
2: Oh yeah, More oh, yeah.
0: anything mm-hmm. because uh, mental health is a big thing for me. Yes, it is. Um, and I think it's overlooked with black men. We don't oh, we don't man. attack situations. Is it? You know what I'm saying? We add medicine to situations to you know use my word medicinal again. That's what we, that's what we provide each other. We provide each other medicinal properties for a quick fix. You know, I don't want our relationship to be like that. Cause I know myself as a man, I need more than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, same I live thing. by myself right now. You know, I don't plan on staying that way, but you know, you have those days, <laughs> you know, you have those days, but something goes wrong. Two minutes out right? of <laughs> yeah, yeah, 60 seconds, bro. <laughs> yeah, I already know. I but, think you know, I, the We, same we time, go through
1: those situations, but- But yeah. at the same time, like, um. We as men, let's just give us a dime, give you a dime. And we're told and taught not to share our feelings, mm-hmm. not to cry, suck it yeah, up. No, no moments of weakness ever. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? And the sad part is when we deal with our women and mm-hmm. we show an, em- show an emotion or show vulnerability, y'all kind of help trash on us too or don't, don't embrace us a lot of times a lot of us well, are our, our us. women
0: aren't women taught that same thing they're taught that we're not supposed to have that so yeah, it's a whole but, but that i want changed. you
2: to be but here's the thing y'all i want you all to show your emotions because i know your, you but have is your emotions.
1: actions matching your words when you're dealing in your relationship yes
2: yes yes because if he cries i want to hold him i want to say baby it's gonna be okay i've got but you do hat.
0: understand that makes you, you know? different though right you know huh you do understand that makes you different
2: well it yeah Yeah, but I'm also authentic. I'm going to be Shanessa every day all day, you know. But I I want him to be able to show his emotions. I I want him to cry because I'm going to wipe your tears and tell you, baby, it's going to be okay. We're going to figure out a solution and we're going to get through this. You know. I might not cry
0: though. I might not cry though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But sometimes
2: you, cry. you know. you I mean, if it happens,
0: it happens. But I, I, right. I'm holding. Up. If I if I do cry, mm-hmm. I've been holding that tear for a long time.
1: Facts.
0: <laughs> Facts. I'm gonna I'm be transparent. I My show w- pain,
1: but I ain't trying to do the drip. Right. Aww, I, Trey. No, that's just it. Just is. I'm you gonna be, be paid, honest. Right? I've been. I'm being <laughs> being transparent. My wife seen me cry one time. Oh, good. One time and, and, I, and I think she saw me break down because she just we, were, we was we had our back and forth and then I kind of stepped away because I was realizing I was getting emotional about whatever the fuck it was at the time. And I walked away and then she came in the room and she saw like the tears come in my eyes. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't never want her to see me that way. When, when she saw me that way and then her reaction to it was honestly what I needed. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Because that doesn't happen. I ain't crying years. So it was like the first time, like, oh wow. And then I had an incident with my son where my son, he was emotional about something and he started crying. So I let him cry. He he having that, because he'd never seen me cry. So he I gotta, I gotta stop crying. I said, no. Cry, let it out. I'm holding him, hugging him, cry, let it out. I said, but at the same time, with this crying, let's figure out a solution. Mm-hmm. To See? fix what's going on. That's what because I just we got to be solution based. You That's can't just, just be did. emotional and not have solutions into what's going on and what made you feel this way and what did you do and what can we do to fix it. Now, you know what I mean. It got to be what you what brought you here, mm-hmm. why you here, and then what can you and I do together to fix this moment so you don't have to feel like this often i tell my kid all the time i don't have a problem with you crying but we've got to be solution-based in in that and trey and i talked about that same identical thing when it happened i brought it up and he was like yeah that's like we it's nothing wrong with it but we got to be solution-based in it now like what's going on why do you feel this way and what did you do to 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 do this, now what can we do to make sure you don't feel this way again or at least Ru-cause, not have Root cause
0: well. analysis, root cause analysis needs right, to be baby. executed. That's right, day. baby. That's
1: right. But I guess I guess as as men and women, man, we gotta figure out more ways to have these dialogues in this conversation and um and be open. So anything, um anything, Trey, you gotta bring up, anything you wanna bring to the table, we're gonna we're gonna let Doc.
0: No, she, she can close out. I'll say something when she's
1: done. All right. Yeah. All right. So what we do, Dr. Mm-hmm. Dr. Shanessa. Mm-hmm. You got it. I got it. <laughs> Dr. Shanessa, what we do here is at the end, as we're closing out, is there anything you want to bring up, anything you want to um, promote, or any yeah. words you want to give people? What you mm-hmm. got for us?
2: I just want to say, you know, Make sure that, you know, you got that great homeschool connection with the school. You know, your babies are not our babies, and we're going to love on them and educate them. And please make sure you have a positive, positive, positive relationship with the school. And Sean and Trey, I got to say to you all, I love this podcast. See, I like dealing with real people, real, authentic people. I don't like fakeness, Okay. I love the conversations that we had. You all were real. You showed me your authentic self and I showed you my authentic self. Oh, yeah. I love oh, this yeah. baby. You know, you know, people can't handle real people. You do know that, right?
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, no,
2: no, no. Say, oh, yeah. I just want to say to you that I enjoyed this conversation. You know, I love the way, you know, we all flowed and said what we had to say and were very transparent. So thank you for having me on your podcast.
1: No, thank you. And um definitely promote your pod. Tell people the name of your podcast, mm-hmm. you know, we do have a lot of listeners. I gotta okay. give it to them. Yeah. My
2: podcast is called The City Insight and Dr. Shanessa Fenner and I take once a month. You can go online and just type in Dr. Shanessa Finner, the City Insight, and just listen. And I'm having real conversations with real people. My last guest, we talked about his um, addiction. Um, he was addicted to some drugs and everything, and we also talked about how he went to school and became a therapist and helps adults and help children and all. So it was just a wonderful story about how, you know, he had, you know, mm-hmm. he had his downfall, but he brought it all the way back up to the top, baby.
1: All, mm-hmm. all. all right, Trey, close us out, brother. All
0: right, on well, this uh, Father's Day weekend, even though when you hear this, it'll be past Father's Day. Um, show love to your fathers. Yours that have your father still alive. That's a blessing and always remember your fathers raised you with the information they had and did the best they could with that enjoy them while they're here my father's pushing 90 years old and i cherish that man's existence we've had our difference but so what that man did the best that he could do to get me here and as a father any father i challenge you to find one weakness of yourself and build upon that to put you in a position to be a better father and if you want to believe you don't have a weakness, you're aligned to yourself you are an important piece of us going as a people. You're a part and piece of your community, and you are the head of your household and your family. Cherish that. There's power in that. Never underestimate that power. Build upon that power and strengthen that power and become
1: enlightened. There we go. Amen. Well, y'all know what it is, man. I'm tall. Sean T.S. is who I am. Trade is who I am. And this is episode 108 of the Blackmail so, Podcast. Um, once again, I'd like to doc- thank Dr. Shanessa Finner for joining us. We appreciate you. Thank yes, you. Indeed. And let's do this again. We definitely got to figure out how to do this again. So, everybody, peace. Yeah. Right. Peace.
2: Hold on.